Welcome to the show, folks. This is Wrestling Changed My Life. Here we go. The beautiful things of, of, of wrestling is, is getting to, to be in and around um, some really tough, you know, individuals that, that teach you that, hey, adversity is, that's just a part of it. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time I spent wrestling, if it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gents, today we have a tale that's one of the most motivating stories that you've ever heard on this show. My guest is Brian Piccolo, who is a two-time All-American at Michigan State. But what's incredible about Brian is that he never qualified for the high school tournament and he never started wrestling until his junior year. But somehow he was able to will himself to being a two-time All-American at Michigan State. It's an incredible story, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Fan of the week goes to my man, Ryan Evans. That's evans.ryan.d on the gram. Thank you for listening, good sir. You're a gentleman and a saint. Last but not least, folks, next Tuesday is the big day. Gable Part 2 is coming out. Text Dan Gable one word. To 555-888 if you want an early release of the show. That's 555-888. Text Dan Gable, one word. And that's it, folks. Let's give it up from a man, Brian Piccolo. Peace! Brian Piccolo, how are you, sir? I'm, I'm, I'm great. I'm great. How are you? Dude, I'm looking forward to this one. Ever since we spoke about, feels like a year ago, it's probably two weeks ago now, but... Sure. Man, I've been looking forward to this one ever since. So let's get right into it, man. You're a junior in high school at Heritage High. Heritage, yep. You've never wrestled before. Let's just start start right there. Let's get into it. So yeah, I was uh I was <laughs> I was a swimmer. Um like if you you've seen me, I, I'm not built to swim at all. <laughs> um my brother, my, my stepbrother, we didn't share the same genetics, but uh my brother was a swimmer and so I just followed in big brother's footsteps. And so he swam, so I swam, but, um, I was not meant to be a swimmer whatsoever, but you know, it's, it's just what big brother did. So, so that's what I did. And so, um, in between, uh, in between my, uh, sophomore and junior year, I happened to be in a, in a swim meet in an event in the summertime. And I see, uh, a buddy of mine is, is wrestling in the same venue, uh, different events. So, um, I'm, I, I go to the gym and, and watch him wrestle. And all of a sudden I'm like, man, that's, that's something I could get into. That, that seems way more my speed than, than just swimming. Like even, even if I was a great swimmer, it's like, wow, I'm, I'm, 
I don't drown as fast as somebody else. I, I just didn't get the, I didn't get the enjoyment from it. And so I, I was looking for, for something, you know, that, that would kind of take, you know, all of me. And so, uh, dude, you would just, sink. I'm just going to tell you, for people who can't see right now, Brian Piccolo, it's a, he's a dense individual. You, you would sink in the water. I got to imagine, dude. I mean, no, I was, yeah, I was, I was a tugboat there. Yeah. It's, <laughs> You know, I wrestled. I wrestled 197 pounds in college. There's, there's not a lot of, and I'm, I'm 5'11". I'm not like, like lean. You know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a thick, tank built kind of. Yeah, there's no way. And me in a speedo as well. That's just, that's, <laughs> that's ludicrous. So, um, uh, it was. Yeah, it, it definitely wasn't for me. So, yeah, I, I see wrestling, and, and I kind of forget about it for a little while, and I. I get into my, my junior year and I, I just go back to doing what I always did. Uh, I, I was a football player, played football. And then, so, um, you know, get into, get into the winter swim season. And so I, I, I start back up swimming. And so, uh, the, the way it worked is, is we had a, we had a break in between school and in our practice. So I would lift weights and I, the, the wrestling coach happens to catch me down there lifting weights and, uh, says, Hey, you, you look like a wrestler. And I was like, yeah, as a matter of fact, you know what? I saw wrestling last night. I, I want to do it. And so, uh, I, he, he kind of convinced me to come out for rest in the middle of my, in the middle of my junior year. And so hadn't, hadn't ever stepped foot on a wrestling mats before in my life, you know, saw it one time in between my sophomore and junior year and thought, you know, heck may, maybe I should do that. And mm-hmm. so I go out for wrestling and you know, I'm, wildly mediocre i'm in for for my area i'm I'm growing up in michigan uh you know about maybe 500 wrestler Mm -hmm. um and so but i i absolutely fall in love with it fall in love with it and so um you know moving forward i it was it was really something that i I just wanted to do and and the 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 kind of motivation was I thought I was going to be a football player. So like, you know, there's not a lot of, you're not going to get a lot of benefit for, you know, from swimming for football. So my, you know, I'm talking to my dad and I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm thinking about wrestling and doing that. And so, uh, supportive, like, Hey, go do that. And so I start wrestling and my first year I make it to regionals in, in, in Michigan high school, uh, top four, in districts go to regionals and top four and regional go, go to state. And so I make it to regionals, don't qualify for state. And then, um, but, but loving it the whole time, uh, and, and getting my butt kicked, but, but still really, really kind of enjoying the whole process just mm-hmm. because to me, it was like, you know, it, it's a fight with rules. And so, um, I, I was kind of one of those, those aggro kids that, that kind of needed some sort of outlet. And, and that was, that was a great outlet for me. And one thing I found out is, is because of wrestling in, you know, my freshman, sophomore year, I'm not a good kid. Um, not, I didn't get good grades, uh, actually failed freshman algebra. Um, don't really get along great with my parents. Uh, you know, I had, my parents got divorced when I was little, um, had a stepdad, didn't really get along with them very well. And I was kind of a, I was kind of a turd of a kid. And the thing that 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 changed for me was was wrestling, mm. and the the discipline that it required 
was was more than anything I'd ever felt or known. And um, all of a sudden, I started to figure out what what I put into it was was what I got out of it. And so I give a little bit more, I get a little bit more. And so <clears throat> this this whole process of of really starting to figure wrestling out, um, even even that late in the game, really gave me gave me a whole bunch of discipline and <clears throat> really turned my life around that, you know, that I, I hear, hear guys on your podcast talk about wrestling, saved me wrestling. Absolutely saved me. There's, there's not a question in my mind. I'm, I'm running with the wrong kids, drinking, smoking, doing, doing all the wrong stuff. And then I find wrestling and it's like, well, Hey, if I want to be good at this, all that other stuff has to go away. And, and I found like, Okay, if if I can put everything, if I can put all my chips in, you know, uh, maybe maybe I can do something here. Maybe, mm-hmm. and you know, not even this is you know this is my 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 junior year, and so uh, I'm still not not good enough to really consider myself you know a, a top tier wrestler or anything. But yeah, but just even at that that low level, it was it was really awesome uh, looking back to go. You know what that those, those, those lessons and, and the things that, that, that I learned even really early on, um, you know, started to, started to turn the wheels in my head and, and make it, make it so that I turn my life around, um, and started so getting high, better grades in high school. Oh, you're, you're playing, you're a serious football player and right. you find wrestling midway through your junior year. Did you ever qualify for state in wrestling throughout your high school career? So yeah, no. So so I never I never qualify for a high school state meet. Um, my my next year, I do yeah, I have a, a pretty good season considering. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wrestled all summer long. Um, did freestyle, found a freestyle team. I I had to drive to Flint. I'm I'm in Saginaw, Michigan, and I have to drive about an hour to to Flint to find a, a team to practice with. Um, and so practice practice freestyle wrestling some tournaments in the summertime and, and really starting to dive into this, this wrestling thing and, and really kind of seeing it is, is, you know, this is, this is going to be my thing going to my senior year. And I first round of districts is a, is a pigtail. And if you lose the pigtail, you're done. And I happened to lose a pigtail. So <laughs> first round, it, I didn't even make it to regionals my senior year after putting all that weight in or after putting all that, that, that time and effort in. But, you know, like, like I said, all the, all the lessons and, and, you know, grades got better. My, my relationship with, with parents got better. It was just, you know, so many things started to, to, to turn around and, and go my way. And, and I absolutely loved it. And so, um, yeah, I thought I was going to play football in college. Uh, I got recruited by, I wasn't, I wasn't big enough or fast enough for, for D one, but I got recruited by some division two, II, division three schools. And mm-hmm. so, <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm going on some recruiting trips and, and trying to figure out where I want to go. And one reason or other, these, these, these schools don't work out. And so I decide I'm going to go to Michigan state. And so, I, uh, I go to my football coach and I was like, Hey coach, I'm, uh, I'm thinking about walking on to the Michigan, to the Michigan state football team. And he's like, no, uh, you should absolutely not do that. Just flat and out. I, no. Yeah. No. He's like, yeah, do. Yeah. You'll be a, at best. You'll be a tackling dummy. You're not big enough. You're not fast enough. Um, you're a big yeah, dude though. Like you're big, like, like not sm- big in wrestling right. world, you know? 
Right. Well, like 190. That's the biggest, second biggest class. Sure, sure. Um, but maybe not strong enough. Maybe you, you know. Uh, yeah. But in not fast enough for that size, especially for D1. If I'm and I played inside linebacker. If I'm going to be an inside linebacker at the Division One level, uh, probably not quite as fast as I would need to be. Yeah. And so he was just like, "No, it's not worth your time." They got they got guys uh, on scholarship that don't even get to suit up. You'll it, it, don't do it. And so you know, my my hopes and dreams are kind of crushed there. But I'm still going to Michigan State as a student. And you know, I I, I thought about asking my wrestling coach uh, about it, but. Was I didn't didn't really have a great uh, I I wouldn't say anybody I put a whole lot of trust in as far as a high school wrestling coach so you know I just <clears throat> just went to Michigan State and in, in my head I was just gonna be a student mm-hmm. and so I get to I get to my uh, I get to my freshman orientation and there's a kid uh, Blair Kerr he's in he's in my orientation group and he's a couple times state champ from Sparta I remember he was from Sparta Michigan and uh, he's uh he's talking about he's wrestling for Michigan state. And I was like, Oh, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about walking on. He's like, Oh really? Have you talked to coach Minkle? And I was like, who <laughs> he said, uh, coach Minkle, the, the head coach. I was like, Oh yeah, no, I, uh, I haven't talked to him yet. And it was, it was him that, that really spurred me to, to go talk to coach. Cause he's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And just kind of, you know, dismissed me. And I was like, you know what? Screw you, man. I'm going to talk to him right now. Um, and so this is, I graduated high school in 1992. And so I go up to, I, I find like, I'm done with orientation. Like I'm not looking at classes or like, I'm like, I'm, I'm going right now to talk to coach Minkle. And so I go find, I get on the map and I find where the wrestling, the wrestling office is. And I go up there, I, uh, I knock on the door and nobody's answering in the, uh, the secretary's office is right next door. And so the secretary's like, can I, can I help you? And I was like, I'm looking for coach Mickle Mickle. She's like, Oh, coach Mickle. Yeah. He's uh, he's not here. He's in Barcelona and me being a dumb kid, not, I don't know anything about anything. And I was like, Oh, what's he doing in Barcelona? She said, Oh, he's the the head Olympic coach for the Greco Roman Olympic team. And I was like, Oh, oh. you're done. You're done. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Oh, I couldn't even wrestle in high school, let alone for the head Olympic coach. Like I can't, I can't ask him to, to re- like, he's going to laugh me out of his office. There's, there's no way he's going to let me wrestle. And so the good thing is, is I had about two weeks in between orientation and, and when school started back up. And so I go home and, you know, I'm, uh, I'm all kind of depressed about, you know, in my head, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go walk onto the wrestling team. And so I go home with this, this idea of my, my, my hopes and dreams were just dashed at that point. And I'm talking to my dad and, he tells me, he's like, you know what, go, go ask what's, what's the worst can happen. You're mm-hmm. already not wrestling for Michigan state. Right. So if you go ask and he says, no, you're no, you're no worse than you yeah. are right now. Right. And so I'm like, all right. I mean, that, that makes total sense. So, um, so a couple weeks later, classes start, I, I get back up to campus, move into my dorms, all this stuff. And so I go to, I go to, uh, the coach's office and, you know, I knock on the door and, uh, Minkle's there and he's like, come on in. So he kind of ushers me in and I, I just flat out say, Hey coach, I'm, my name's Brian Piccolo. I, I want to wrestle for Michigan state. And he's like, all right, well sit down. And so I sit down and he gets out like a little notepad. Um, like he's going to write some notes down. And so 
he asked me, he said, what, what makes you think you can wrestle for Michigan State? I was like, well, coach, I, I just, I just really love wrestling. <laughs> and he kind of laughs a little bit like, oh, yeah, of course, that's great. You know, that's a start. Um, good. That's, <laughs> that's good. You, you, if, if you can wrestle at this level, you, you got to have that. And I was like, um, and he's like, w- w- what else? And I was like, well, I just started wrestling about a year and a half ago, coach. So I don't, I don't, I don't really have, you know, much else to, to tell you. Like, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, so any accolades have you, I was like, no, I, I haven't even qualified for high school state meet. And I remember he like put the notepad down. Like he's not taking, he's not taking notes anymore. And I was like, oh crap. <laughs> like here it comes. You know, I thought he was just going to be like, yeah, we, we don't have time for you. Well, this is, this is before title nine. And he says, well, we've got an open door policy to walk-ons and if you can survive preseason, you can stay on the team. And so I'm just, I'm elated. I'm just like, Oh, thank you coach. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. And so I'm, I'm just pumped and I'm walking out of his office. And the only thing I'm thinking about is like, all you got to do is survive. Just don't die. Like that's, that's in my head. And so I'm thinking, and and then I, you know, I start thinking a little bit like, I wonder if anybody's died. Like how many people, like, that's a weird thing for him to say. Like, you just got to survive. You yeah. know? And so I'm like, you know, so I'm like, all right, just as long as I survive, I'll, I'll, I'll make it on the team. And so, you know, that was, that was my whole, <laughs> my, my whole goal during preseason, just don't die. And, you know, kind of being an athlete, it, the, the preseason wasn't, it, it was stuff I was totally accustomed to, you know, we're, we're lifting as a team, we're, we're running, we're, uh, we're running stadiums. We ran every step in, in Spartan right. stadium, which, you know, that that's, that's stuff that, that I could handle. It was when we'd get into the wrestling room, that was, that was stuff that I couldn't handle. I was, I was horrible. And I, I mean, I had absolutely no business being in a division one room. Uh, well, I had no business being in any college room. I was, I was not qualified to be there. And so, um, uh, I'm, <laughs> I tell the story. I, I would spend two minutes on my feet in the next two hours fighting off my back. Yeah. Um. I, I'm just kidding. I'm. I'm everybody's easy day. Like if if somebody needs a round off, hey Piccolo, you got you got a match, and I'm like, yeah, I'll go. I'm just I'm I'm getting decimated every single day, and I'm so bad, and my technique is so awful. I'm I'm shooting with my head down and my arms up, um, and I'm getting sprawled on my shoulder. I, I end up tearing like the labrum and the um, the, the, what is it? The rotator cuff yep. tear, just tear my shoulder to shreds. And so I would, I would shoot on somebody, try to shoot a very poor double leg and then sprawl and my shoulder would come out of socket and I would scream and I'd, I'd go down. And most of the time my, my shoulder would just pop back in. It would sublux and then it would, it would go back in. Sometimes it would get stuck out and the trainers would come in and they'd kind of usher me out to the, the training room. And, uh, but, I didn't know this, but uh, Minkle was on the verge of of cutting me, just because uh, he couldn't take the screaming. You're, you're <laughs> I, a hazard at this point. Like you're no, not. Yeah, a, I'm, you're. I'm I'm, I'm. I'm dangerous to myself and others. Right. Like, uh, and I didn't. I didn't know. I, I never knew where I, I was going. Um, but I would always go there very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I'm headbutting people, kneeing people in the groin, poking people, and like I'm just. I'm a little bit out of control and, and really it's just survival mode. You know, I'm just, I'm just trying to survive at this point and I'm using just 
um, brute force and ignorance just trying to survive. And it's obviously, you know, there's, there's a lot of technical people and, and I'm making some enemies. Like people are mad that, you know, I'm, I'm just so, and um, it's, again, I, I don't, I don't belong there. And so, but I, I love, I, I love it. I love the fact that I'm in the room. I, I don't even mind the fact that my shoulder's coming out of socket because it would go out of socket. I'd be out for a day and then I'd, re, I'd be right back in the room. And I'd last a couple of days and then I'd shoot another bad shot. My, my shoulder pops out of socket and I'm screaming and uh, trainers come in. And so I, I repeat this cycle so many times. And um, right before, right before uh, Christmas break, my freshman year, uh, Minko's going to cut me. Uh, and, and I don't know this until, you know, he tells me the story much later. Which, yeah. You know, it was, it was good that I didn't know it at the time, obviously. But um, so um I come up to Minko right before Christmas break and I tell him, Hey coach, you know, I, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm going to have to miss practice. I gotta have, I gotta have shoulder surgery. He's like, Hey, you know what? Take your time. Good luck. And so, <laughs> yeah, he's like, surely this kid take knows your time, enough. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, yeah, no hurry. No hurry. You're, take your time. Um, and so in his head, he's like, surely this kid just knows to go away. Right. And, of course, I'm, and I'm so I'm so new to the sport. There's no there's no burnout. There's no like everything everything is brand new, and um, I'm learning a lot. But I'm but I'm so far behind the curve that um, that I I'm just getting decimated. So I come up to Minko and I say, you know, hey coach, I, I gotta have surgery. And, you know, he's like he he dismisses me like, okay, good good luck, kid, good luck. Well, and this was this was my my saving grace, and I didn't realize it at the time, but like two days after surgery, I still got staples in my, in my shoulder. I, I show back up my arms in a sling and, um, and I'm, I'm all happy to be, and this is during Christmas break. I didn't even have to be there at that point because it's just starters, you know, they're still getting ready for, for midlands and all that. And so I show back up to practice and I'm like, Hey coach, sorry, sorry for missing practice. I, I had surgery. And he's like, dang it. Like freak. Why won't this kid just go away? So, you know, that was, that was the thing that, that, that saved me. And I, I didn't realize it at the time, but you know, to, to hear Minkle tell it later, um, that was, that was the thing. He's like, all right, I'll just, I'll let this kid stay. And so I ended up staying that year and, um, you know, I was out for most of the year because that shoulder surgery was, you know, there's quite a rehab for that. So I didn't, I didn't, the, the second, second semester, I didn't get to do much. So um, you know, at the end of school, I go, I go home and, um, you know, I'm not on scholarship or anything like that. So, um, as, as soon as I get home, I'm home for maybe three, four days and I get a call from Dave Dean. Um, and he, uh, he calls me up and says, Hey, are you, are you serious about wrestling for Michigan state? And I said, absolutely. He said, well, you need to, you need to move back, back to school. I was like, well, coach, I, uh, I'm not on scholarship. I don't, I don't have anywhere to live. I don't have a job. Um, I, I don't know how I do that. And so he's like, well, he goes, tell you what, if, if, if we can help you find a place to live and help you find a job, you move back. And I was like, yeah, I, well, let me, let me talk to my parents, but yeah, that I, I definitely want to. And so, um, you know, I have this hard conversation with my parents. Uh, they thought, I'm going to be coming home every summer. You know, I go to college, come back home every summer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all of a sudden 
you know, that's it. I'm, I'm going back to school and I'm, I'm, I'm not coming, I'm not coming back. Like this is, this is going to be a thing every summer. And what Dave said is, you know, you're, you're way behind If you want to get caught up, we're wrestling every day in the summer. You, you've got a lot of work to make up. Um, you need to, you need to put in the time. And what do you so, think he called you? Cause did you have a relationship with him before that? So not, not, no, that was, that was really the beginning of the relationship. And you know, asking, and I had this conversation with Dave much later, uh, especially because he he built me from scratch. So, um, the, the thing was, is he he saw something and he wanted to see what he could do with it. Um, in, in his head, I should have quit. Um, and you know, we would we would wrestle. Dave would wrestle me. Uh, heck, everybody wrestled me again because I'm I'm an easy match. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm in the room. So Dave would wrestle me and. Um, I, I would be on my back and I'd be getting choked out or, you know, I'd have like a sweaty t-shirt. They'd be waterboarding me with like a sweaty t-shirt, you know, and I'm in where any reasonable human being would have quit. I'm, I'm still fighting, still, still trying to get off my back, still fighting. And so to, to talk to Dave later on, he was like, just, you should have quit pick. You, you should have quit, but you didn't. And because you didn't, I want to see where we could go with that. And so really I became like an experiment Mm -hmm. uh, for for Dave. And so, um, you know, that was, and that was, that was kind of the, the, the tip of the iceberg with me and Dave was, was him calling me and and calling me back to school. And so, you know, they got me, they got me, uh, uh, they helped, helped find me a place to live, which, was in the, I don't know if we talked about this before, was in the boiler room of this Victorian, this old Victorian house. It wasn't a bedroom. It's, it's literally where, where the heating elements of the house was. <laughs> and so I'm, 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 my, my bedroom, quote unquote bedroom, is in, is in this boiler room. And uh, it's this old, old, I mean, turn of the century house. It's giant where there's like 10 other people living there. And there's, uh, like, there's just a ton of pipes and the pipes leaked. And so we would have to, I I put up like beer banners, like those big plastic, like display beer banners, um, to catch the water. Because if, if you didn't like everything in, in, in there would get wet. So I've got, I've got these plastic beer banners is like a makeshift roof, uh, to the, to the leaky pipes that, and so I would have to, I would have to empty those banners like every day. That's disgusting. No, it it was, it was (laughs) so disgusting. It was beyond disgusting. Like it was inhumane. Like it was, nobody should live there. I mean, it was was kind of fits your style though, man. Your style's gritty. Like that's a gritty way to live, man. That's like Rocky one. It was, it was absolutely gritty. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm emptying those, those plastic banners out every day. There's one weekend I went home, I went home for the weekend and nobody was there to empty the banners and the banners collapsed under their own weight of the water and just, just like flooded. (laughs) And so everything was just disgusting. And, and I don't know, I'm hoping it was like just regular water pipes and not like sewage, but it was just, it was gross. It was absolutely disgusting. And so, but you're right. It was like, it was one of those things like, yeah, this is, I'm, I'm here, I'm doing this. I'm putting in this time in some kind of horrible conditions. And the job they got me, this was, this was pretty awesome too, is I was making gears for Caterpillar tractors. There was this, this, uh, this factory in, in Lansing and they made these, these big gears, like big giants. I mean, uh, probably like 
almost two and a half feet circumference gears, heavy steel gears for Caterpillar tractors. Well, my, my job at, and the, the company was called Wooler. I don't even know if there's, if it's there anymore, but my job is heat induction. And so, uh, I've got like this metal apron on, I got metal sleeves, these big giant metal gloves, and I'm getting these big giant rings that have just been welded. And I've got to get these, I've got these big tongs and I put the, I put the, the big steel ring into this machine. I push a button and it, it heats it up to 1650 degrees by magnetism. Somehow. I, I don't know how it works. Probably getting cancer because of it, but, <laughs> um, but it, it heats this, this ring up to 1650 degrees. I go in with these giant tongs and then I put it on this like stretcher thing and then I stretch it and then I put it on a press and then I stack it on a pallet and I'm doing this all day long. And it was like the most, literally the most blue collar work you could ever think of. You know, like it, it reminds me, you think about like, uh, uh, Rudy and Brian Rudy, yeah, 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 like yeah. working in the still, like, in yes. this, I, it was, it was very reminiscent of that. I'm, I'm making, making these, these gears for Caterpillar tractors wearing this metal apron. And, it's like, and so it's like, Dave, yeah, I'll ahead. take a job like bartending or something, dude. Like yeah. I'll take a job painting houses. Like Jesus, I didn't mean to go yeah. work in the, in the mill all day. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's so practical. We would work, we worked from seven to three. And then as soon as, as soon as we got out, we had everybody. And there were several, there's some football players working there and there's, there's a couple other wrestlers working there. Um, and so, we'd had a practice. And so I'd, I would be doing that all day and then I'd had to practice and then wrestle for, for two hours all summer long. And so that was, that was the, the beginning of, of me really kind of developing as a wrestler, working a lot with Dave. Um, and that was the thing, like I owe, you know, I owe so much, I mean, pretty much, you know, my, my life as I know it, I, 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 I give credit to, to Dave Dean. Um, the, the, the guy, taught me everything, Mm -hmm. uh, like built me from scratch, like as a, as a novice wrestler built me from scratch. Um, like literally had to show me what a stance was like, this is your stance. Like what you were doing before, that's not your stance. You don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, this is your stance. This is a drop step. This is a high crotch. This is a stand up. Like literally built me 100% from scratch. And I mean the, you know, the, the other side of that coin was I didn't, I was so young, so naive to the sport that I didn't have, I didn't have a whole lot of bad habits. So like what, what he said was law. And so what, what, what he ever, he told me, that's what I did. Mm. Um, you know, and, and it came down to the little things and, um, I just, I, I really fully invested in put complete trust and faith in, in, in my coaches. And so that was, that was one of the things that, that really made a huge difference. Well, obviously for me, but um, just, just trusting everything that they said and, um, <laughs> doing exactly everything that they said. And so, you know, I, <clears throat> obviously it's kind of the perfect dream though. It's like you had, you had total buy-in, you were willing to fight and right. like you had the attitude that you would do whatever it took. So like, I think a lot of coaches would say, I'll take that guy all day, you know? Right. And uh, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> it's, it's funny. Um, you know, the, the NCAAs were, were here in Oklahoma City, I think, in like 2014, 2013, 14, something like that. Um, and Minkle, he, I think it was one of his last years uh, coaching Michigan State. He came down and, and he came out to he came out to dinner with us. And um, he told me, he goes, you know, you ruined me as a coach. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> um, what do you mean? He goes, I was uh, 
I was always looking for the next Brian Piccolo. He's like, I, I always thought I was going to find another diamond in the rough, you know? And I was like, man, I like, wow. Yeah. And so, but <clears throat> yeah. And, and to me, I, I didn't think it was anything special. I thought, I thought that's, that's, that's just what you did. I thought that's what everybody did. You know, even, even the better guys, you know, I thought you get to college and, and you fully invest and you buy in 100% to, to what the coaching staff says. And, and you live your life the way that they tell you, you should live it. You, you know, you eat the way that, that they're asking you to eat, you sleep the, the, the way that they're, they're asking you to sleep and, and do all those, those little things. And I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. You know, cause I, I, I have no other, I have no other frame of reference. Like mm-hmm. that's that literally the only thing I knew was big 10 wrestling. Like that's, that's the only thing I knew. And so, um, yeah, there was, there was a hundred percent buy-in because I had, I had no, no other choice. I had no other, no other frame of reference. So, uh, it made, it made perfect sense to me, but, um, you know, going through coaching myself and figuring out, well, that's maybe that's not, that, that's not quite the, 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 the way. And it, it really kind of, turned out to be the perfect storm with, you know, just me being allowed to walk on and then having, having a coach like Dave, who was like, you know what, there's something there. I'm going to see if I can pull, you know, I'm, I'm going to see if I can, you know, make this into something. And then me without, with, uh, you know, just wild enthusiasm, like more enthusiasm than, than somebody of my, my caliber of wrestling should have. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it just ended up kind of being the perfect storm. Well, it's like you, you talk to to people in business and successful people, quote unquote, and it's like attitude all day, right? Everyone says that, but sure. when it really comes down to it, like you were just someone who was super optimistic, who was willing to give everything you had, and you just kept coming around. And so, like, I feel like in any walk of life, as long as you're optimistic and and trying to help people, and you're listening, like people are going to want you around. And so, like that, that's just proof positive with your life, kind of at the early stages right. before you broke the lineup, right? Um, uh, yeah. Well, and I think, you know, uh, the, uh, well, <clears throat> one of the things that, that I saw every single day and, and I bought into was we, we had a sign in our locker room and it was, it was above the door as you walk out and it said, those who stay will be champions. And, and that for some reason that really resonated with me and like, man, like just stick it out. The, the, and what I saw was there wasn't a lot of people that were willing to stick it out. Mm-hmm. You know, we came in with um, my, my, my freshman class, we had like, like 11 kids come in with my freshman class and only two of us graduated. Like everybody in all these guys had were, were way more um, accomplished, you know, two times state champ, three times state champ. And, and none of them, none of them stuck it out. And so did that one I kid just, make it from your, uh, from your uh, freshman, no, he no, didn't make he, it. No, he didn't make it. He didn't make it. How long did he that, make it for? Uh, I think two years. Okay, two years. Um, and I was I was still probably terrible <laughs> when he decided to go do something else. So you know, in his head, uh, you know, I was I was probably still you know still pretty pretty awful at wrestling at that point. But um, yeah, and so yeah, my, my attitude was: those who stay will be champions. Um, and I was I was a big guy, and I think. You know, the, the coaching staff that I had, they were just so good at the mental preparation. I was a big quote guy, um, got into, you know, some motivational stuff. And, um, you know, one of the things <clears throat> that that always stuck out to me, and it stems from it stems from Dave Dean again. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm watching the, the, 
the podcast with, with Jay Robinson and <clears throat> hear Jay Robinson talk. And, you know, and then I hear him talk about Dave and then, and then kind of, so it's, it's trickled down from Jay to Dave, to me, mm-hmm. um, just, just about his, his philosophy of, of, of just hard work and discipline and, um, kind of the, the philosophy that, that he had, um, was, was given to me by, by Dave. And obviously that was given to him by, by Jay Robinson. It was, and so, you know, I never in wrestling, I didn't have, I didn't have enough time to be really good at all areas. And so they focused on, on the things that, that I could, I could get, um, fairly efficient with, I could get good pretty quickly. And that was, you got to be able to get off bottom. You got to be able to take everybody down. Um, and have really good defense. So if you can defend, you can take people down, you can get off bottom, you can win, you can win every single match. And so, um, and that was, that was the, the, the philosophy that I was given. And, um, and so, and the other thing was if you work harder than, than everybody else, you'll be successful. And so, you know, in, in my head, you know what, I don't, I don't have the time in, I don't have the technique. But because, because I'm so fresh, I'm so, I'm so new to the sport. I'm so enthusiastic with the sport. I can outwork everybody because everybody's been grinding for, you know, since they're like six years old. I, I just started a couple of years ago. Yeah. I, I've, I've got, you know, I, I'm, I'm so, I'm so fresh into the sport that I, I was, I was able to, I think, give more of myself in a short amount of time. And just, uh, uh you know, as, as far as the motivational things go, it was, um, when my opponent rests, I will work. When he works, I will work harder. And so that was, that was another thing that, that, that kind of always stuck in my head was that I'm never going to be outworked. I'm never going to be outworked. And, and, you know, that was, that was something that was, that was given to me by Dave and, you know, here, hearing Jay Robinson talk about, and you, you can be in the top 10% by just outworking everybody. I love that you, quote. I love that. Oh, quote. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was in that, that makes total sense. To Maybe me. even and, higher. Like maybe right. even higher than ten percent, you know. Like shit, I guess I, I couldn't agree. I freaking I forgot he said that. I love that quote he said. Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, you know, in in my head, I'm just you know what I'm gonna outwork everybody. That's um, I'm gonna be in better shape, and I'm I'm just going to uh, I'm gonna make them. And this is one thing because I was I was a fighter, I was a brawler. Clearly, I'm not gonna be a technical guy. So I just try to make it a fight, and I was just gonna be tougher than you in a fight. And so that was, that was, that was 100% my game, fa- game plan. Whenever, whenever I stepped on the mat, shook hands, I'm coming with a huge club and I might freaking headbutt you in the face. And I'm, it's going to be a violent affair from whistle to whistle. And you're going to hate every second of it. Like that was, that's, that it. was my entire, that was my entire game plan. I just wanted everybody to hate wrestling me because it was, it was nonstop. And what the funny thing is, is I, 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 I fooled so many people into thinking that I was tough or a good wrestler. Like, you know, I'm, I'm just out there. I'm out there faking it till I make it, you know, like I'm just, I'm out there just banging it and, and, and kind of playing the role. And, you know, and you, you fake it long enough, it, it becomes, becomes real. Right. You know, that, and, and that was kind of, that was, that was kind of my, my mentality too, is like, you know, these people aren't catching on. Like right. they, they don't realize that I suck. I don't know shit. <laughs> like, yeah, I, know, I know, I know nothing. I know not, like, 
But, you know, it, this is, and I've told my, I told my guys this uh, a long time ago too, um, you know, coaching and doing all that stuff. I said like hand fighting, hand fighting is the gun, right? And the shots are the bullets. If you, if you, if you walk into, if you walk into a bank with an empty gun, you can rob that thing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but if you walk into a bank with a handful of bullets and no gun, they're going to laugh you, you know, they're, they're going to laugh you out of the bank. Like, no, you, you're not getting crap from us. You got to, so, you know, I, for, for me, I had an empty gun yeah. is, is what I was, what I was working with. And, you know, I, and <laughs> every once in a while I'd find a bullet, you know, just by sheer luck, I'd be able to pull it in, you know, put it in and, uh, you know, get, get a, get a good shot off. But, you know, <clears throat> my, my hand fighting was, was violence. And it, it was funny because <clears throat> th- these people didn't catch on. Like it, it, <clears throat> I think a lot of them, if they would have just came out and tried to slick me, I would, I would have got, I would have got murdered a lot, but I would come in and bang. And I was a big guy too. So 190 pounders, like it's giving me slugfest, you know, most of those, most of those matches. And so, that fit like my weight class fit really well to my style and mm-hmm. you know, all, all, everything kind of worked together to, to, to make that happen. But yeah, I was, uh, my, <laughs> my wrestling style in college was, was just, was just violence. Brutal. You know? So yeah, you, ha- it's, you have that oh, summer ahead. with coach Dean and that's where, and I, I, I would love to go back in time and just watch those practices. Cause I've always wondered if you had to start from scratch, what technique would you start with first? But you, know, you, you mentioned stance, you mentioned, the strategy for you of not worrying about top, just doing escapes and takedowns. So you have that right. summer. Seems like you made some massive gains that summer. When do you sure. start? When do you win like your first open match? When do you start getting some takedowns in the room? Is it that year? Or is it still another year? You know, I uh, I don't think my, my freshman year. I think I went the entire year without getting a takedown. Like I don't. I'm pretty sure I never got a takedown my right. freshman year. Um, my after that summer, I I come back and now I'm. I'm in some matches, but I, I still don't think I won any matches. Like even in the room, like, right. I, I don't think, I don't think I won hardly anything. And, and you got to remember back to Michigan state was, was kind of rough for a long time, but back then they were you know, we were, yeah, we were, we were a tough team. We had, you know, like five or six returning all Americans, uh, probably three, four years in a row. And so, um, it was, it was a tough room. And so, yeah, I went, I went through probably two years with, you know, a handful of takes outs. Right. And so, uh, you know, I would, I just remember calling, I remember calling back home and, and being like, yeah, I don't belong here. This is, this is, I, I think, I think I way overstepped my bounds here. This, I, I I'm getting murdered. And, and I, I remember being so frustrated at the end of practice, like just like being so angry that I'm in tears, you know, just, just, in the locker room, just like put my face in the locker and just crying. Cause, cause I suck and I want to be better, but I'm not, but I'm not good. Yeah. And so just being, being so frustrated that, that I'm brought to tears. And I remember calling back home and, and talking to my dad and, you know, he, him talking me off the ledge and being like, Hey, you know what? Just the fact that you're, you're on that team is something. Um, I, I remember in particular one time, uh, you know, I, I call up and I'm all downtrodden and I'm, I'm feeling like, you know, I, I, I should quit. Like this is, I'm wasting everybody's time. And this is, this is even, you know, probably. It's a couple years in. Yeah. This is at least, at least red shirt sophomore year. This okay. is, so this is probably even after, you know, the, the year after that. So, um, 
just just feeling like you know I I don't know if I'm ever gonna make it I don't I don't know if I can I can really do this and so my dad punches in well he says how many wrestlers are on that team uh, 30, 32, 33, I don't know. And so he's like, how many, how many students are at Michigan state? Uh, we got like 42,000 undergrad. And so he, he punches it in. He, like, he's got a calculator. He punches it in. It's like 0.0002%. And so he, he tells you like, do you know, out of everybody at that school, you're in the 0.0002 percentile. Like he goes, just, just being there is, is something like you're, you're, you're wrestling on that team. And so I, I would, I would call back home and, and, you know, have, have those moments of doubt, you know, what you ever, you hear everybody talk about, um, you know, I, I don't think there's, there's a wrestler. Uh, well, I'm sure there are, but you know, so many wrestlers go through these, these moments where it's like, I can't do it. I'm not going to make it. Just that, that self doubt is, is so damning to so many of us. And it's like, you know, once you get past that hurdle, it's like, okay, clear skies. But it's like right at the moment, right at the moment before you find success is is the darkest is the oh. darkest time, right? And you feel like you're and never so, going to get out of it. You know, it's no, like it, yeah. So so you so going into your your junior year, and I always get confused. So, like you're you're essentially your fourth year there, right? And when I say yeah, I got yeah, confused, so, yeah. people say like their freshman year, their redshirt year. Like, is the freshman right. year your first year, or is the redshirt year your first year? Um. Totally off topic. I'm just curious. Well, yeah. um, well, it depends if if you redshirt that first year. So for me, my my redshirt year was my first year. Right. Okay. And then my my next year is my redshirt freshman. Got it. Perfect. Right? Okay. So, um, so yeah, now your so redshirt red- junior year going into that year. Do you have right, an inkling yeah. you're going to start yet or not yet? Well, uh, Emilio Collins, a uh, couple time All American for us. He uh, he graduated, um, and so it opens up the spot at 190 pounds, and you know, I'm thinking, okay, that's, that's an opportunity. Um, there was, there was another wrestler that they had recruited. He was a couple of times state champ, um, that they had recruited for that spot, but, um, really it's, it's between me and him. And so, uh, we, we wrestle off and, and I end up beating him. It's a, it's a close wrestle off. I think maybe beat him by a point or two. So not, you know, I'm not dominating him at this point. And so, um, but all of a sudden, like, yeah, I've, I've got, I've got the opportunity to be, to be the starter. Crazy. And, <laughs> yeah. And so, um, and I, I start and, and you know, they say they're going to take us to, you know, we're going to go to the opens together and, and really it has to do with how you're going to, how you're going to perform in competition, not just mm-hmm. you know, wrestle offs, you know, they're, you know, they, they use a lot of the opens as far as, is criteria, as far as who's going to be the guy. So, um, and, and I, I know that going in and so, um, but with, with, <laughs> with my style, the way I wrestle, it's like, it doesn't matter if they're like super good or just mediocre. It's I'm, I'm just going to beat them up the whole, like if you're a national champ or you're a scrub, nothing ever changed with my, <laughs> with my, with my wrestling. Like I didn't know any other way, so I couldn't, I couldn't alter it whatsoever. And so, um, really my, my, my retro junior year is, is where, I step into the lineup and nobody expects this. And all of a sudden I start rattling off some wins. And I think I win like 16 in a row um, before my first loss. And so, yeah. And so all of a God. sudden, like, holy crap. Like I think Piccolo is going to be our guy. And so, um, 
yeah, so I'm now all of a sudden I'm I'm in the lineup and um yeah, I'm 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 the guy, I'm the starter for 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 Michigan State. And that year that I mean that year was was really I mean for me pretty magical. Just uh I think it went 30 39 and 6 or no, 34 and 6. 34 I went 39 and 6 the next year. Went 34 and 6. Um won won the Big 10. Won, won the Big Ten tournament, end up having. Let's the pause full here. Hunt. Let's pause okay. here because this is <laughs> Back freaking nuts. We're talking about the Big Tens, the best wrestling conference in the world. Amazing, right. you even made the lineup. Amazing, not amazing to you, but amazing that anyone can come to college and know nothing. It sure. just just proves everything that it proves that if you spend five years in total focus on one thing, you can get world class. Pretty much anything. I really believe that after hearing your story. Well, and you know, I was, I was. Uh, I was really obsessed. Uh, and I think, you know, if there's, if there's any kind of secret to my success, it was, it was immersion and obsession. Yeah. Uh, because like, you know, I, I remember, you know, I, I would be coming home, uh, go off campus for a party or whatever. And I would be walking home from the dorms and or walking home to the dorms. And, uh, the wrestling room was, was on the way home. And there was, there was this one particular door that, if you yanked it on it hard enough, you could, you could pull it open. So I remember breaking in, you know, this is like 12 o'clock at night on a Friday night, you know, sometimes later, um, you know, breaking into the wrestling room and drilling takedowns for an hour before I'd go home, go, go to bed, you know? So, um, just that, that type of, that type of, uh, obsession. And I, you know what, let me, let me go back. Cause you know, talking about calling home and talking to my dad, um, that was, that was another thing. So, you know, I, I, I told them, you know, like, ah, I'm just so far behind They're They, uh, you know, they, they got so many matches on me. I'm just, I'm, I'm not as good. There was another time I, I'm, I'm talking to him. He's like, how long is a, is a college match? I said, seven minutes. He's like, he goes, all right, you be the last one to leave that, that room by seven minutes. You make up seven minutes every single day. And you'll get there. And so, and that, that was genius to me. That was genius to me. So, um, that was, and, and that became that 100% that, that's what I was going to do. And so, and again, like this is, this is a tough room with, you know, Dan Worms, Wernsberger, who's now a coach at Bucknell. Um, he's national finalist. Uh, Emilio Collins is two-time All-American. Eric Harvey's All-American. Joel Morsetti, Phil Judge. Uh, you know, we had all these, all these like, you got Super third in the country. Dudes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So yeah, this is when we get third in the country. So, um, my dad's like, you know what? Be, be the last one out of the room by seven minutes. Love it. And so that was, that was, and that was another game changer for me. And so, and, and it just goes back to the, I'm, I don't care who you, you're not going to outwork me. I don't care if you're, you know, you're a returning all American. I don't care if you're, you know, a national finalist, I'm not going to be outworked. And so, um, I made that, I made that my, my mission, my mantra from, from then on. And so I was all in, you know, when practice is over, those guys never leave, you know, they, they're, they're in there working on some stuff or, you know, working with coaches on, on particular little, little tweaks or finishes and, and stuff. And so while they're in there working, I'm working. And then when the first, when the last person leaves, I would put seven minutes on the clock and I'd go over to, you know, to the takedown Adam and I would, I would drill takedowns for, for seven minutes. And so, 
Um, once that seven minutes was up and, and I was the last one in there, then I would leave. And so, uh, I, I, I did that, um, from, and I think that was my redshirt sophomore year. And I did that all the way until, um, my last practice, my senior year. So your pops was a big part of it for you in terms of being there as a sounding board for you to go, you know, for you to call home to and kind of encourage you. And he knew nothing about wrestling. He had to ask you how long a match was, you know, it's like, right. Exactly. (laughs) How long is a match? He knew nothing. He knew nothing. And so, um, yeah, it was just, just having, having that, that, that support system that was like, you know what, uh, you can do it. You can do it. And and against all odds. Um, but yeah, with, with blind optimism and, and work ethic. And, you know, I, I, I really attribute a lot of my success to to his work ethic. You know, he's, he's a guy that worked for general motors in Michigan. And, um, I just remember him working like, seven days a week for just months and months and months and working a crap ton of overtime and, and not, not really getting to, to enjoy life, um, you know, as, as much as, as he should have just yeah. because, you know, he, he was always working. And so, you know, he, he, I think he really gave me that work ethic of, you know, no excuses. Do I want to go to work? No, but it's, like, it's time to work. It's like, dude, even if you do a long day of workouts, <clears throat> you're maybe working out, four hours a day max and that would be an extreme day in my opinion he's 12 hours welding shit in extreme right. worst conditions right. you could have met. like he's as blue collar as it gets you know right um, yeah. okay so big tens your junior year i just cannot believe this to this day and <coughs> i found a video of i don't know how this company martial arts recovery they found the oh, video yeah, of yeah. you taking down full heart i don't know where they got that footage do you have it or did they find it uh i i had it i i Cause it's like I, an old sports channel. I forgot about the sports yeah. channel. Um, yeah, it was like past sports in Michigan. God, it's old was school. what it was on. So yeah. you, okay. So you, you make the finals, you're wrestling Lee Fullhart, national champ for Iowa. And let's not forget folks, Lee Fullhart beat Kale Sanderson in 2004 at the U S open and took Sanderson to three matches at the Olympic trials. All right. So this is the same Lee Fullhart. You right. take him to overtime. He shoots in, he's exhausted. I don't even know what takedown you hit. It was kind of like a quasi ankle pick. It was bizarro, it was, but it it worked. And you it take him nothing, down in overtime. It was nothing I'd ever done or practiced. It was like one of those just organic things. I was like, hey, there's something of his. I should grab that, you know. And so, was it a war I, that it, match? How brutal was that match? Oh yeah, yeah. And I, okay, so re- remember, at this time, this is this is Gable's. You know, this is kind of the end of of, right. of Gable's reign. Yeah, and so. Iowa is still Iowa is still Gable's Iowa, oh, and yeah. so every single one of those dudes is they're they're all hammers, and they uh, there's not there's not another you know another uh, program that's is known for just their brutality of hand fight and their pace, mm-hmm. and so um, and that was you know it was it was so the Big Ten was so dictated by Gable, um, everybody in some way was was touched by by him or um like if if Even you didn't Dave coach Dean. under him because j rob yeah, coached for gable for all those years and then he right. taught he taught dave dean that so it's like there's so many layers to it but i mean that team yeah. for Ga- i mean he had joe williams he had ironside he had lee yeah. fullhart i mean all mike these, mena, mike mena. Yeah, uh, uh who else um, lincoln McElravy. Um, oh yeah McElravy changed my life too um what's that but story? yeah uh Oh, just watching, watching. Oh yeah, him. yeah, just watching him. 
watch well and it was it was a match between him and Abbas in the in the finals his freshman year 93 um, yes yeah oh. I, I remember watching that and going I can do that like he just keeps he never stops coming he just no. keeps coming and coming and coming and so that was that was one of the matches where I was like because to me he didn't look super technical and obviously you know he he was a phenomenal wrestler but to me I, I'm watching I'm just seeing this kid that that never never nobody has a second to breathe and so in that, you know, that's Iowa. Like you watch Iowa now, their, their hand fighting is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that comes from, from the brands. And so, you know, that those, those matches against any of those Iowa guys was always, it was always just going to be a, a straight war. And to be honest, I love those matches. I love those matches because I thought I was going to win those matches. Um, yep. Because I, I can do that stuff. I can't, I can't get into like, uh, a barn burner 16 to 15 point match, you know, <laughs> like I'm going to fight you and I'm going to win by a point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, and so my junior year, uh, that, that my first year in the lineup, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't good enough to beat people in regular in regulation half the time. Uh, and so th- this was, this was another kind of like little offshoot, but I ended up having, um, 15 overtime matches that year. <laughs> and so, no, um, Right. Oh my God. And so in my, my whole, my whole idea at that point was, um, if it, if it goes to overtime, that's my time. Like if I, if I was able to keep a really good wrestler close enough that I could get him to overtime, there's no way I'm losing that match. And so that, that year I, I, I go, I go into overtime 15 times and I'm, I'm 15 and 0 in overtime. I never lose a single overtime match. Um, what and happened at nationals? So, um, so I, so I get to, I, I win the big tens, get to nationals. Um, I got, <laughs> I got balled up by, uh, Peshaw Deru, um, uh, Cal state Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, he, he, he was just, <laughs> he was better. Yeah. <laughs> he was, he was a lot better than, and he didn't, he was the, the smartest dude I ever wrestled because he didn't, he didn't let me bang with him. He just, he, he was slick and took some, Bumping, some, you know, yeah. shots from the outside and, and, and just, yeah. And just, just smoked me. And mm-hmm. I was, I was never in that match. Um, so I lost to him and then I can't remember who my second loss was. That's okay. But I, I mean, up, I'm just going in general. Like, okay. Yeah. So amazing. I mean, so, you get fifth, your first year in the lineup, Dave Dean must've been through the roof at this point. I, it was, it was definitely a huge surprise. It was a huge surprise. You know, they thought. You know, the, you know, pick pick will do all right. You know, we'll kind of limp along a little bit, and pick will do all right. And then, you know, I go on this. All of a sudden, I, I go on this. Like my first sixteen matches, I win. And then, you know, I, I again, I think I only lost six total. And then, um, you know, I I go on this run where I win a total of thirty four matches, win win the Big Ten tournament, and um, yeah. And then, yeah, obviously making All American. Now it's like, well, holy crap, this kid's legit now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I went from I went from being an absolute nobody. Like, who is this kid? What where did where did he come from? Um, now everybody knows who I am, you know. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> I'll never forget this. So, going back to going back to Gable, um, I remember we're we're at uh, I think it was national team duels, and we get into we get into the elevator, and I was staying at the same hotel as us, and. Uh, I get in, I get in the elevator and like a second later, Gable walks in the, the elevator 
And he, he kind of, he walks in and he just kind of gives me a nod. He's like, what's up, pick calls me pick, like not, you know, piccolo or like my, my nickname. And so I'm like, coach, you know, I'm playing it all cool. <laughs> and so, and, and this, this dude's like a God to me, right. Yeah. Even, even though like we're, you know, I, I'm an opposing big 10 school. It's, it's yeah. Dan freaking Gable. He's, he's the, he, you know, the hero of every wrestler who's ever wrestled. And so I, <laughs> He finally, like, I think I was on the fourth floor. He's on the third floor. He gets out, and I'm like, as soon as he gets out, I'm like, whoa! He's like, loose. I'm like, dang, game on my name. So <laughs> no, it's your nickname, re- even. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> well, so, yeah. I, and that's I, that's how just young and naive and just such a such a noob I was. Because, like, I lost my mind because Dan Gable, like, knew my knew my name, you know? Um, but you were playing it cool. You're like, what's up, coach? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was like coach yeah i'm just giving the giving the you know the up nod and so uh, yeah, as soon as he gets out of the, the elevator i'm like ah! so um yeah i was i was it was funny i was i was so young and so naive to the sport which we, t- we talked about some t- i told you some of those stories um just about forfeit our... yeah yeah for yeah they they told me i had uh forfier was a french canadian national champ it was it was forfeit, and so I'm like, for real? What? So he's so he's good? And like, oh yeah, he's French Canadian national champ, forfeit. And I'm like, oh man, like I'm I'm gonna get all stressed out about <laughs> this forfeit I got coming up. Oh you know? my god, how do you even win the French Canadian nationals? <laughs> well, <laughs> like, no, what the yeah. hell is that? No, yeah, I don't. I, it's nothing. I don't know anything. But I'm I'm so gullible, and I I, I just. It, and these, you know, my teammates knew I was, I was, I was just a rube, you know? Yeah. And uh, I, I remember uh, one of my first term, I go to, uh, I go to open tournament and, you know, it says UNAT, unattached, right? I don't even know what unattached is. I was like, UNAT, hey, where's UNAT? <laughs> like, it's oh a college. My God. And they're like, uh, University of Northern Atlanta Tech. I was like, oh, really? Are they good? <laughs> like, I don't, like, I, <laughs> I don't even know what unattached means. Like that's, this is, this is how young and dumb I am to the sport. I'm, I'm wrestling in college and I don't even know what UNAT is. Oh, uh, so Dude. Uh, yeah. One I'll story just... that, that drives it home for me is the fact that your senior year, you come back and personally, it's a tough, tough year for you. Right. But you <clears> lose <throat> your fret. You get to the nationals, you lose your first match and right. It, that could have easily been it. Yeah, you could have gone O2 barbecue and you still would have had a great story, but can you just talk sure. us through what happened then at that point and kind of what happened your senior year? So yeah, I lose. Um, and I don't, I don't really remember how, how I ended up in the, in the pigtail, but I ended up having a pigtail with a kid from North Carolina. His name's, uh, Scott stay <laughs> again. You never forget the losses, right? Yeah. Um, and so I, I lose to this kid and, and I had beat him by like 12 at the national team duels. And so, uh, I'm just busting my lip. Um, That's how excited we're getting here, folks. We're, we're busting lips. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I, I get him first round, and well, let, let me go back. And so I get uh, I get bronchitis right before Big Tens, and so uh, in in my head, I ain't got time for bronchitis. And so I'm like, you know what? I, I don't have time. I got to train. And so in, instead of being a smarter, more mature kid of taking time off, getting healthy and getting ready, I'm going to train through. And so um, I did, did myself kind of a disservice and I end up, you know, just 
doing two a days and still training and, and just almost like in denial that, that I'm sick. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I go to big tens, I ended up taking seconds, uh, second in big tens, which that was, I, I lost in overtime. And that was the first time I lost in overtime in two years. And I was like, and that was like, uh, like the, the red flag was like, uh Oh, um, I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't have the gas tank in overtime like I always do. And so I was, I was a little bit freaked out there and, but still, you know, I'm, I'm too, I'm too stubborn. And the only thing I know is just grind and hard work. And so I grind and hard work in between, uh, in between big tens and nationals and I get to nationals and I'm just wore down. I'm just like, you know, all those matches, uh, had, had kind of taken a toll and I just got kind of just beat down, uh, you know, obviously with, with, with having, having, uh, issues with, with sickness. So, um, I, uh, I lose that, that first match and I go, I, I remember I go up to, I go up to the, uh, the stands and my mom's in the stands and I just remember shaking my head like, it's not going to happen. Like I, I just, uh, I don't, I don't have it. Like I, I don't, my, my gas tank is gone. And she was, uh, she was like, no, you'll, you'll, you'll find a way, you'll find a way. And, uh, and I was like, I just, I, I just don't know. And so I end up having to wrestle nine matches. I wrestled nine matches to come back in place and end up going seven and two lost, uh, forgot what round it is, but dropped me down to fifth. So consolation, consolation semis. And so drop me, drop me down to fifth place. And so end up again, repeating, taking, taking fifth place. Um, there's just no quitting you, man. I, when you were telling me the story for the first time over the phone, when you're like, yeah, I got bronchitis. I'm like, Oh, maybe, you, maybe a place at the big tens. But you're like, Oh, I, but you had beat hard tongue that year. You'd beat John Kading that year. And yeah, I'd beat you know, everybody. I'd beat everybody that year. Dude, um, I read a stat that like at one point your senior year, you wrestled the number one, two, three guys back to back to back, back to back to back. Yeah. 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 Crazy. Um, but so I remember telling, I remember exactly where I was at when you told me the story. It was so incredible. You're like, yeah, I lost the first round. And then in my head again, I'm like, all right, maybe, maybe he injury defaulted out. Still an amazing story. I can't wait to talk to him. You're like, no, my mom talked to me. And then I got back down there and I won seven matches. I'm like, seven? Right. Like this guy has, this is a rare breed of human. And I don't, I don't, I was trying to think of the questions asked to suss it out how you do it. But it just, some people just have that, and there's just no quit in them, and they just refuse to. To you know what it is that you refuse to negotiate with yourself. Like you're not gonna, like, and I've heard someone Kobe say this a lot too. Yeah, you're not gonna negotiate with your goals, right? You set these goals. This is what right. you're gonna do. You wake up and you're not feeling okay. You're not gonna negotiate with yourself, right? Because we all negotiate with ourselves all the time, right? Uh, but you just weren't gonna do that. Well, you know what? But but that was a to me that was a learned behavior because of the guys that I was around. Um, Interesting. I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't know that lifestyle. I didn't know, I didn't know the wrestling lifestyle until I got to Michigan state. And so, you know, like even in football, I was, I was a hardworking kid, but I wasn't, I wasn't the kid that's, um, I, you know, going to get bronchitis and then just, just gut out wins that, that, you know, I think regular people would be like, you know, uh, yeah, just, I'm, I'm done. I default. But I, I think one of the, one of the, the, the beautiful things of, of, of wrestling is, is getting to, to be in and around, um, some really tough, 
you know, individuals that, that teach you that, Hey, adversity is, that's just a part of it. And if you can't, if you can't, uh, overcome adversity, you're, you're going to have problems your entire life. Um, you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a, a story about, uh, what kind of got me there. And it was the university of Northern Iowa tournament. And this is when, uh, was when Amelia Collins was still there. So I had to be a red shirt, red shirt sophomore. Um, I go to the university of Northern Iowa and, um, we weigh in, you know, this is back. We had day before weigh-ins. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we weigh in and we go to Bob Evans. I don't know if you ever been to yeah, Bob yeah, Evans. Yeah. So we go to Bob Evans and, um, have food, you know, I'm drinking, feeling good. I wake up in the middle of the night and I just start vomiting my guts out. And I was like, Oh man, that was, and you know, I, I barf, feel a little bit better. I go to bed a couple hours later, I wake up again, rah, just sicker than can be. It was like, I, I did this almost, I, I probably did this three or four times throughout the night. And so we, we happen to have the, the scale in my room and that morning I get on the scale and I weighed less than I weighed in at weigh-ins. And yeah. this is day before weigh-ins having like, I just lost everything. And I go to, I go to coach Minkle and I'm like, coach, I, I've been up all night barfing. I just, I don't, I don't think I can, I don't think I can wrestle. And he's like, ah, you know, um, tell you what, we'll, we'll, you're, you're going to go to the venue and we'll, we'll see how you feel once you get there. I'm like, oh. and I'm like, I feel like a 90 year old man. I just feel like, you know, like just cold. Like I got the shakes and I'm just feeling so bad. And so, um, you know, I, we, I get on, get in the van. We, we go to, to, to the you and I dome and I get there and, you know, I'm just feeling, feeling awful. And I was like, coach, I, I just, I don't think I can wrestle today. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm dying. He's like, you know what? Uh, tell you what, go warm up and then we'll, we'll talk after you warm up. We'll see how you feel after you want. You probably feel better after you warm up. And I'm like, God dang it. Like, dude, just take, take, (laughs) just let me out. (laughs) Yeah. Let me out. Yeah. Give me, give me an exit. I I can't do this. And so I go warm up. (laughs) I remember warming up and warm ups were going okay. And then like, I just get this urge and I go barf again. Like last time, you know, just there's a trash can on the side of the mat. I go hurl. And so we get, we get done and we get done warming up and I go and coaches in the stands, I go up and, uh, I go up to him and I, I'm like pleading to him for like the last time. I'm like, coach, I, I, I just can't coach. I just can't. He's like, and he, he kind of like looks at me and he goes, he goes, you're going to wrestle. He said, at some point in your life, you're going to need to know that you can do this. He said, this is what we call adversity training. Um, you, you're, it, it, what happens if, if, if you get the stomach flu before the national finals, you're just not going to wrestle in the national finals. And I was like, no, I'll wrestle. He's like, you're not going to know you can wrestle until you've actually done it before. Mm. He said, this, this tournament means nothing. You could, you could sit out. That, that would be fine. But you know what? You need to know right now that you're going to be able to do this. And so, and I was like, oh, crap. Like, He's I right. get it. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, dang it. And so, um, I ended up, I ended up wrestling that tournament and, uh, um, end up taking third. I think Amelia took first. I got, I got third in that tournament. And so, um, just yeah, again, just kind of gutting it out there. But so flash forward to my senior year to, um, uh, you know, I, I've, I've lost that, that first round and, and talking to Minkle and 
you know, I'm like, oh, and, and he, he knew, he knew kind of what, like I was, had, had bronchitis and just wasn't, wasn't myself. I was like, um, so I, I, I went up to Mick. I was like, oh, I, I don't, I don't think I, I don't think I got it. And he goes, and he, and this was like, I'm almost getting choked up thinking about it. <clears throat> he, uh, he goes, <clears throat> sorry. No, it's okay. He goes, do you remember Northern Iowa? And, uh, and like everything hit me right there. And I was like, yeah, he goes, this is why. And I was like, oh. like, and that was, that was like, I was kind of one of the things like, all right, I, like, okay, I can do it. You know, I, I, that's why I had to go through that. And now I know, I, I know I can do it. And so it was, that was the exact thing I needed to hear at that exact moment. And, um, yeah. And, and go on and win, win seven matches. And so, um, but that was, that was kind of, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't something, something I was, uh, I, I was, I was, I was, I wasn't born into it. I was, I was, I was molded by it. I love you know that you I mean? say, so a couple of things there. One is most people have no idea how far the human body can go. Like you're, you're talking about situations right. where no people, most people can't even imagine the physical grind of a match, let alone when you're already <laughs> sick. Um, right. But I love that you said it's a learned behavior because most people don't think that. And so now that you're a high school coach, I think you took over like four or five years ago, you're turning right. that program around. I saw you guys won the, uh, the districts this year, you're competing with, with uh, Broken Arrow. I mean, you turn that right. program around, you know, and even though right. Kendall Cross went there, I was surprised to learn that Mustang went through a little bit of a slump. And um, sure. so you're, yeah, you're yeah. turning them around. So, like, the fact that you can tell kids this is a learned behavior, that, that's, pretty, uh, that's pretty exciting for most people, even including myself, to hear you say that. Because I, I, I didn't right. think that coming into the meeting or the interview here that that was a learned behavior. Now, I, I, I think, well, because – your proof, though, I, yeah, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't like that, and so, um, yeah, I, I, I really absorbed it through, through the environment that I was in, and, you know, I, I, I and I, I absolutely share that with my guys, and I absolutely um, try to uh, inspire them to, to know that it's you don't, you don't have to be, you don't have to walk into this, you know, the, the toughest guy in the world. It's you know, we're gonna we're gonna continue to battle, and we're gonna, you know, in, in the in the crucible of of this sport, you're gonna start to develop some toughness. It's well, it, it, to me, it's like it goes back to the whole thing: those who stay will be champions. Um, and not everyone can stay, though, you know. And I think um, staying is a big part of it. Just being willing to being willing to 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 kind of get refined by, by the fire. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Being, being okay with, um, taking your lumps, being okay with, uh, just going, going through that entire process. And, and to me, I don't, I don't think it was toughness at that time. I think it was just, um, I don't know, perseverance. And then I, I kind of learned, I, I think I learned to be tough through persevering through all the all the crap that I went through. But you love one thing I've realized just through researching you, you love learning though. Like you love oh, learning absolutely. new shit. Like that's yeah. the fact and we won't get to it today, but I definitely want to have you back on. But you were an Olympic alternate in judo. Like you just like learning right. new shit. So the uh, passion for learning, it doesn't have to be an intellectual thing. It can be an intellectual thing. Wrestling sure. is a martial art. You just love learning. And it's like most people I think a lot of people have that at the onset, but they kind of forget about it. But that's one thing that jumps out to me. Yeah, the toughness. Yeah, all that. 
but this kid just likes to learn shit. Well, and I, I think that's more than anything is has allowed it to to stay fresh with me. Um, you know, I think once once you stop learning, then then I think some of that burnout stuff can happen. I, I, it, it starts to get stale. But if you continue to to challenge your mind and you continue to um, just don't don't get stuck in one spot and, and, and continue to, to evolve that, that evolution kind of renews it. And at least in, in, in my mind and mm-hmm. in my case, being able to continue to evolve and develop, um, keeps on, uh, it will, it, it keeps me in the fight and it keeps me, uh, engaged in wanting to be in there because, um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, it, there's no doubt there's, there's, there's the grind. There's, there's the tough aspects of it, but if if we can focus on some of the 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 cooler things, like just the 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 learning and the 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 being able to to do stuff that other people can't, you yeah, know, pretty cool. Um, yeah, the, those those things I I think, especially for me, were were the things that that kept me kept me in because yeah. I, I think yeah there there were a lot of times that it would have been much wiser to go you know what this is this is just. This is stupid. Why would you do this to yourself? Dude, you know? imagine how much different your life would be. It's kind of gives me almost a pit in my stomach to think about like what you'd be doing now if you didn't meet that that kid at your uh, at your orientation or right. so many things. And normally I sign off by asking people how to wrestling change their life. This whole podcast has been about that. So I want to ask you sure. something different. How would you say Dave Dean changed your life? I I mean I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh it's, it's, it's shaped who I am. It's, 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 he's, he's, he's shaped me. It, man, I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything. He taught me about so much, you know, it was, you know, he was, he was only a few years younger than me, but he was, he was kind of like a father figure too, because, you know, he, he taught me about, um, you know, following through on your word, you know, just like some things like that, like, um, that had nothing to do with, with, with wrestling. And, and he would, he would he would make me to uh, he he would make me uh you know follow through on my commitments and um you know it was he he really developed me into into the human being that that I am um today and so you know Dave Dave was was such a huge part and you know trickle down to my kids he's he's a huge part of my kids you know like there's there's so much of of me that I got from Dave that I that I give to my kids and mm-hmm. so um you know that that's he's, he's forever a part of the family because, because of what, what he's, he's given to me. And so, um, you know, in being, being in a, in a wrestling family, my, my kids, you know, obviously they're both, uh, they're both studs, studs. Cam's wrestling at, at university of Oklahoma and and take his committed to wrestle at OU. So, um, you know, they're, they've, they've reaped the benefit of, of my relationship with Dave. And and I'm, I'm sure, because of that, they're going to go forward and, and they're going to give, you know, they're going to pay it forward. And so, um, it just, it, it continues. And that's, that's another beautiful thing about wrestling is, um, yeah, our, our heroes are so accessible. Um, and it, it's, you see so many people just changing their lives and then wanting to pay it forward. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, obviously wrestling was, was a big thing for Dave changed, you know, changed Dave's trajectory in life. And, and he paid it forward and he paid it, you know, in a, in a big part to me. And then, so now it's, 
what that's that's what I'm trying to do to the the kids that I coach and my children try to try to con- continue to give those those gifts because I think everything that I've, I've I've gotten out of wrestling has been a gift. Man, if you would have said when you were a junior in high school, someone would have came up to you and said, "Hey, dude, you're going to be a two-time All-American for Michigan State in wrestling. You've never wrestled before. <laughs> Your kids are going to be." national champs state champions and you're going to be an olympic alternate in judo you would have said that guy is absolutely out of his mind like it oh, would have yeah. been so no, far-fetched sure. it would have been crazy right yeah no in yeah, that's <laughs> this is crazy to i love that because like sometimes people think that whatever situation they're in it's so permanent that there's no permanent, way out yeah yeah but it's not right. it's really not you know um yeah i uh that's the my my entire life, I think, is has been <clears throat> driven in the experiences I've I've gotten to have and, and the experiences I've gotten to share uh, with my kids, um, you know, and the things that that I've been able to give my my high school kids. You know, and I don't know if you know this too. Like I'm I'm the head coach for Mustang, but I've been a police officer for the last eighteen years. I didn't um, know that. And, no. Yeah, so they, they they hired me as an adjunct coach. Um, so you know, going through working working. Uh, undercover stuff working. Uh, I, I was on the SWAT team for six years. I was a sniper on the SWAT team for, uh, for four years, um, going through, going through SWAT school, going through sniper school, um, you know, going through, heck going through the police Academy. It was like, everything is easy. Everything is like going through, going through what, what a, a, a college wrestler goes through that there's, there's not anything that I can't handle. And right. so, um, and, and that's, that's been a gift in itself. And, you know, <clears throat> just some of the situations that, that I've, I've had to endure and, and, and go through as far as, you know, work stuff, it's, you know, there's, I, I feel like I've been completely prepared for everything I've, I'm ever going to encounter. And, and most of it has to do with, with wrestling, because if you can survive that, you know. Like Gable says, once you've wrestled, everything is easy. Amen, baby. Beautiful way to sign this off. Amen. Brent Piccolo, you're going to be a regular on this show. I love talking to you, man. I, I'm ready to go run through a wall right now, man. Uh, but in all seriousness, very much appreciate your time, sir, and I cannot wait to get this uh, wait to get this out to the listeners. So thank you again. Awesome, brother. Awesome. And all great things must come to an end. If you want to hear more from the podcast, text WRESTLE to 555-888. That's WRESTLE to 555-888. You can also find us on Instagram, Wrestling Changed My Life, Twitter, Ryan underscore N underscore Warner, as well as our website, WrestlingChangedMyLife.com. Take care, y'all.